Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I am your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hello, hello. And we are on week two of our new series, I'm Offended. I'm Offended. This is episode 140. (laughs) And today's episode is titled, The Spirit of Offense Causes Division. Yeah, so last week we kicked this thing off. Steph and I are being very transparent. We both struggle with having a spirit of offense. So we spent the whole last episode going through 30 things, 30 questions that you can help uh, figure out whether you also have a spirit of offense like us, right? So if you said yes to quite a few of them, not all 30, but quite a few, you have a spirit of offense. And Steph welcome and to I, the club. Steph, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll get you a t-shirt. Um, Steph and I answered yes to quite a few of them. I would say at least half. Um, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some of them we were like, definitely, definitely. And then there was, a, there was plenty of them where we were like, no, 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 that's not me. Um, but this idea of having a spirit of offense um, and we, of course, everybody knows we live in a culture where being offended is the thing. Um, but we were talking about deeper than that, like it on a personal level of bearing this spirit of offense that comes from the enemy. And we'll talk about that today that, um, you know, makes us it just robs and steals from us and it causes so many problems. Like we're just we're just constantly looking for ways in which to be, even if we don't even know it. So like a lot of people, you need that episode from last week to determine whether you actually have this or not. So a lot of times we don't even know it. You know, like when Valerie pointed this this out to me, maybe you too, um, I was taken aback. I was like, what do you mean I have a spirit of offense? And it took me a while to actually see that what she was saying was true. You know, that I do take every little thing as to be some personal attack on me. You know, whether that be from... Everyday people, friends, family, whatever it may be. So we're talking about like dealing with the spirit of offense. So today we want to go into um, kind of what the word says about offense. And then we're going to go into what what the spirit of offense is doing and causing in our lives. So we'll hit the first one of those today. And then next week we'll hit another one, another one, another one. And then at the end of the series, we'll talk about how we can battle this thing, how we can fight against and dismantle it. Because it's going to take a lot of steps, right? It's layer. Yeah. It's this. It, there's layers to being offended. So, um, you see the word "offended" used in Scripture about 25 different times. Now, wow, you may think like that's not a lot. Like out of all of the Bible, 25 times is not that much, um, and that might not be that big a deal. But the thing is, is that it's a really big deal when you read what the Scriptures are actually saying about offended. So, like. It's a big, big deal, and so it's it's not some. It may be something that's only mentioned twenty five times, but the references to them are pretty harsh, um, and they're causing a lot of problems. And so, what we're going to show you today is how um, a spirit of offense actually causes division to mm-hmm. happen. Um, so let's kind of kind of go through these. We're going to show you just two verses: an Old Testament verse and a New Testament verse, so that I can show you the Hebrew word and the Greek word for offense that's used most often in the scripture. So you can get a, um, in those specific words, in those languages. So Hebrew being old Testament, Greek being new Testament, you can pick out, you can see kind of the vein of what's going on when we use that word offense. Cause I think in today's culture, it's easy just to drive by the word offended, mm-hmm. right? Cause everybody's offended all the time and everybody gets offended by everything. And 
it's easy to just kind of move by it. Well, like being offended is not that big a deal. Um, but this, the scripture talks about it being a big, big deal. So in let's look at the let's look at the Hebrew word first for offense. This is the one that's used the most, and uh, we're going to see this in Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Uh, so just a good example of it. It talks about it, um, and of course Proverbs is all about wisdom. So this one's really good, and it goes along with this really well. So Steph, will you read Proverbs eighteen nineteen? Yes, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Yeah. So the word offended there is the Greek word. I mean, excuse me, the Hebrew word pasha, um, and it is to, it is the thought of it is is to break away, like break away from authority. Um, trespass, like you know how you um, uh, quarrel, mm-hmm. right? And then of course the root there is offend, um, but it also gives you the the connotation. That's why you see this whole like army thing going on with it. Like in that verse, you get a rebel, revolt. Um, you get the word transgress, right? That you're you're breaking away, you're splitting away. Does that make sense? Like splitting yeah. away in sort of a military fashion or in a uh, a revolution type thing, right? So the, yeah. the splitting of people is the idea here. Um, and then the Greek word you're going to get from Matthew twenty four ten. This is the one that's most used most used in the New Testament. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. So this is the um, this Greek word for offended here is skandalizo, which by the way is where we get our word scandalous from. We'll go to that in a couple of episodes. Um, this one is, gives this idea of to entrap, um, whether that's figuratively or not, to cause somebody to stumble, um, and also like entice somebody to sin, um, to make offense. Does that make mm-hmm. sense, right? It's like that's the idea, right? So it's like tripping somebody up is the picture here. I um, mean, in the first one, of course, you get this idea of dividing people, Um so what you see from the definition of both of these in the Bible is that they're slightly different yet quite similar. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of offense is going to cause a bunch of stuff, and you see this through Scripture consistently. The first thing it's going to cause is it's going to cause division, and that's what you were seeing in that first verse. The biggest key element that offense does, and everybody pay attention because you need to know, if you're walking with a spirit of offense, here's the biggest thing it's doing in your life. It is breaking up unity. Um, it loves to conquer and it loves to divide. And so like when I was saying in the last episode of my spirit of offense has caused us marriage problems, what it's causing is, is at its root, the biggest thing it's doing is it's causing me and Valerie not to be united as one. And if you're offended, if there's a spirit of offense in your family, it's causing your family to be divided. If there's a spirit of offense that you take into the workplace, um, you you are being used by the enemy to conquer the workplace and to divide it, right? And so it's just taking away the unity that could naturally be there because in a workplace there should be unity. You're all working towards the same goal. In a family there should be unity, right? Mm-hmm. You're a family. In a marriage there should be unity. You are literally one in the scriptures, right? And so what your spirit of offense is doing is that it's immediately dividing into two different parts, multiple parts. So that's the key thing that offense is doing is it's causing division. So if we reread that scripture, a brother offended, that's Pasha, right? That's that idea of separation, is harder to be one than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Contention is 
to have a heated argument, right? So if you have a contentious moment with someone, right, there is some serious tension there and you are in a, some sort of heated disagreement, right? Mm-hmm. What it does is it puts bars or gaps between you and that person, right? It immediately immediately separates with like a barrier, um, you know, and it almost imprisons. You'll, you'll see this too. Um, in Scripture, you see that referenced a lot, that we get enslaved by things like this, like it imprisons us. So if we have, we'll get into this in a series, I don't know if it's this one or not, but if we have unforgiveness, the Scripture talks about unforgiveness kind of locking us in a prison, you know what I mean? It's true. Um, so that's the that's the picture of the word. And so, you know, when you're offended, you want to let that person know how wrong they are. And then you want to create space from the person. So you want to let them know how wrong they are. And then you want to create distance. You want to create space. And so you become upset, sometimes even disgusted by what that person said or did. And now all of a sudden there is literal division, right? You're separated now. That's what the mm-hmm. word's doing. Um, that's what the spirit of offense is doing, and what the word's telling you is it's creating physical separation. But we know physical separation also means emotional, mental, spiritual separation. Um, now, I don't want to go too far without making sure we all understand that offense is going to be natural to us in our nature, in our natural state as sinners, because the gospel is offensive. Right? Um, I say this a lot when I'm preaching and teaching stuff. I think I said it this past week. That the gospel offends, yeah, and sometimes people have a hard time understanding that, right? Um, what do you mean the gospel offends? Then I right? guess just like a catchy the thing. The birth, you're death, yeah. Jesus, resurrection—it's offensive. No, no, it is. Like if you are reading the Bible, you should be consistently offended. It should offend you because I mean, even Jesus came and said that I'm not coming to bring peace, but I'm coming to bring division, right? That the gospel brings division. Well, why would that be the case? Well, it's because the world is offended by the gospel and we are not of the world, right? And so once we are once we are of Christ, the world is going to be defended by the gospel, just like we were offended by the gospel. What do you mean I'm sinful? What do you mean I need somebody to save me? What do you mean that I'm the enemy here in this situation? You know what I mean? Like it's offensive. And mm-hmm. so the, the gospel is constantly attacking the part of you that is natural nature of the enemy, right? Yeah. It's constantly attacking it. Like, if you read the Bible, you should be constantly offended. If you are reading the Bible and you're not offended, something is drastically wrong, right? Because yeah. you do not have it all together. And there should be consistent things that Jesus is saying where you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got a problem with this. You know, like it's offensive. Um, so I want to make sure we, we say that, right? But what happens when fellow brothers and sisters in Christ... Um, become offended with each other. What happens then? What happens when denominations become offended by other denominations? Oh, man. Or churches become offended with other churches, right? Then we got a big problem because that type of division is detrimental, I believe, detrimental to the body of Christ because it causes division, and the church desperately needs to be unified, right? Like we need to be unified in Jesus not separated. Um, unity is extremely important in our pursuit of God and his calling because he is mm-hmm. unified as one, right? And so it's really weird for us not to be unified. And by the way, um, I put I put more stock in what Jesus says than anything else on this earth. It constantly offends me. But if you look through the Gospels, you will find that Jesus' last prayer, and it's a long one, 
his last prayer uh, before walking to the cross, his last prayer is that we would be unified. And he references the disciples being unified, being in unity, but then he goes further than that. Then he says, he literally talks about us. Jesus himself says, not just them, but the ones that are coming after them. Yeah. Right? He's talking about us, that they would be unified, right? That unity is ridiculous. Unity is so important in us walking in God's calling, walking in God's wisdom. It's so important that Jesus is praying for it on his last prayer on this earth before being executed. Um, he is praying that we would have unity. Um, so unity is really important in our pursuit of God in our pursuit of godliness and our pursuit of his calling. Like you cannot be you cannot be becoming more and more godly if you are not unified with other brothers and sisters. That's and true. yet what and yet what we see is probably more disunity in the church than has been in a long, long time. Right? Churches in different denominations and backgrounds and things like that, brothers and sisters who believed it, they're now disunified over stuff that doesn't matter as much. Like how much disunity have you seen in the, in the church over who we're voting for for an election versus unity in, well, wait a minute, we all follow Jesus, right? Yeah. Like you're my brother and sister in Christ, even if you decide you're going to vote left or right. Mm-hmm. But what we do is is we allow this spirit of offense to come in, and it causes division. And now we're divided on something as trivial as who's going to be the president. Now, I know that sounds bad when I say that. People are like, that's not trivial, Adam. That's important. Okay. I, I, it's important. But it ain't that it's so important. You know what I mean? It yeah. ain't but so important. Because tomorrow or next week or next year, whenever the election happens again, guess what you're going to do the next day? You're going to get up and go to work like you did the day before. You know what I mean? Like, But when we talk about when we talk about Jesus and his kingdom and all those things, that stuff's so much more important. You're going to spend... You're going to spend countless amount of time in eternity with brothers and sisters in Jesus than you are the four years under whoever gets voted into office. That's right. You know what I mean? And it goes by fast anyway. It flies by. Like, you know. It really does. I mean, think about it. Think about how many presidents you've seen in your lifetime. I mean, that's just, we ain't even lived that long. You know what I mean? Like, Right. It just comes by so quick. And so what this spirit of offense will do is it will literally wall you off to somebody and causes this disunity in the church when Jesus himself is praying for us to have unity. That that's so much more important, right? Because us pursuing godliness requires unity. And the enemy wants you to be offended so you can be divided, right? And so we're all we're all against each other based on what we don't agree on instead of being for each other based on who we agree on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the big deal. Um, there's this, there's this scripture in Psalm 133. I'm going to read it. Um, I I thought about not necessarily doing it, but it focuses on how important unity is. Mm -hmm. Um, it says, and it's a little different, uh, difficult to understand. We won't get into the details of it, but I want you to focus on one thing. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren, brethren to dwell together in unity, right? Like how precious, how awesome is it for us to be as one? It's like the precious ointment, so it, it, it tells you what it's like. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. So as you were anointed with this oil, this heavenly anointing, it's coming down from the head. Mm-hmm. That's the picture you're getting, from the head, through the beard, right? It's so much oil, it's going all the way down through the garment, all the way down to the floor. As the dew of the Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. 
the the power of unity here. I know it's a weird verse, but the power of unity is likened to the anointing oil that touches not just the head, mm-hmm. not just the leaders, not just the prophets, the ministers, all those things. But then it comes all the way, that anointing comes all the way down from the head, all the way down to every single member of the church. That's the picture that you're getting here, right? Yeah. So the, the blessing, the anointing from God is coming down to cause unity, right? To cause it to be everybody in one accord is the whole point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know that verse where Paul says, and they were all in one accord? Well, yes. it's actually Acts. It's referring to Paul. It's referring to they were, that the disciples early on, this was pre-Paul, early on are all together. The Holy Spirit's fallen on them. They're all together in one accord, right? It doesn't mean that they're all driving around in the same Honda. What it means is that the same thing. Right? What it means is that they literally are they're unified. That's mm-hmm. the picture there. Right. And it's not just the anointing falling on the leaders. It's that it comes all the way down to everybody. That's the whole point. Um, there's this author, writer, theologian, preacher um, from Australia. His name is Pete Harper. Um, and he says it like this. He says, In the Godhead we discover perfect and infinite unity. And what exists in the Godhead, God desires to see in Christ's church. Let's pause there. So in Jesus, in God, it's a Trinitarian God. So you see Father, Son, Holy Spirit in perfect unity. Mm-hmm. And whatever exists in God, if God wants us, if we're made in his image, right? If we're being formed in his image, um, then he wants us to look like him. Which means the perfect unity that you see in Father, Son, Holy Spirit is what he wants to see in the church. Um, and then he goes on to say, it can be a fraction only, humanly tender and susceptible to wounding, but it must be the same kind. So in other words, like it may not be perfect and we're going to mess it up all the time and it may just be an only sliver of it, mm-hmm. but it's got to be that same kind of unity. It can't be some second rate, you know, knockoff version. You know what I mean? You yeah. know what I mean? Knockoff version, you know, like, like it can't be, um, it's like, you know, it's like a purse, Right. You got the name brand nice purses, like Michael Coors and all those ones. And then you got the ones you buy on the side of the street in New York City that is like Michael Coors, but it's C-O-O-R-S, like a, like Michael Coors beer. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right? It can't be some weird knockoff. He's saying is, is it's got, it might be small, right? The unity we have in the church might be little, mm-hmm. but it's got to be the same kind of unity as um, what God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have. And he says... Just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit honor one another, so must we. In our individual focus of worship and service towards the Godhead, we are to find the sacrificial, self-denying unity of the body of Christ and nowhere else. Right? Mm-hmm. So that nowhere else part's the part I really like. That real, true unity only happens in God. Right? Real, perfect unity. Which means the church is the only place in the world where you could have actual, real, perfect unity, even if it's just a little bit, even if we mess it up from time to time. And we've got to fight for that. And the spirit of offense keeps us from doing that. It causes significant division. Literally the words describing like two armies pitting against each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what it causes. You know? And so when we look at what the Bible's referring to, we'll do some more on the next episode. When we look at what the Bible's referring to, when it talks about being offended, 
um, one of the big key pieces is it's talking about this heavy, heavy division that happens. And so if you and I walk in a spirit of offense, Steph and I already said on the last episode that we do, what it is causing, every place you go, it's causing division. And it's happening through you. You think, you think it's happening through the other person, right? The division, uh, the spirit of offense coming from the enemy makes you think that the division is actually coming from them. Because if they just act right, if they stop talking about you, right, if they'd be a team, if whatever it is, right, if they give you respect, whatever it is, then that would fix it. But really, you being offended, you having the spirit of offense and choosing to be offended is actually what's really causing the division, right? Because what you could do, what I could do, is we could pursue the unity that would be more important than us just getting offended by every little thing. Right. Yeah. But when we have this spirit of offense with every little thing, we're actually the source of the division. And as Christ followers, um, we are mandated, required to pursue unity. You know, one of the big things of our church, um, like we don't really do membership anymore. You know what I mean? Like we used to do membership. Like we would join the church. We really do that anymore because most unchurched people who are becoming a part of Christ church. They don't know nothing about membership. They don't care about it. Yeah. But one of our things used to be you have to fight for and pursue unity in the church. And that, by the way, the way we teach that now is that is a mark of spiritual maturity. A mark of you being spiritually mature is that you fight for and you pursue unity. In other words, you lay down and fight against the spirit of offense because it's trying to divide the church. Yeah. And instead, you are the one fighting for it. So in our workplaces, in our homes, in our marriages, if we're the Christ follower, we have to stand up and go, you know what? I'm not going to be the one that causes this division by getting so offended at every little thing all the time, right? I'm going to be the one that fights for unity. Um, This makes me think of Jesus when Jesus gives the Beatitudes, and he said, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Yeah. He did not say, he did not say, blessed are the peacekeepers. See, peacekeeping will open up a hole in your life for the spirit of offense to come in, right? You know the difference, like peacekeeping is just you keep your mouth shut, you don't say anything, you know what I mean? Like that's peacekeeping. But what ends up happening is you just get bitter and resentful and cynical and you don't ever address anything. And so now you're mad at somebody for something they did or said, and they don't even know you're mad, right? Because you just keep in the peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. To make peace is a whole lot difficult, whole lot more difficult. To make peace requires confronting. It requires apologizing. It requires somebody coming in and going, hey, you know what? I think there's some disagreement that we have. I think, you know, I think there's something not right. You know, can we talk through this? You know, because I'm on your side. I want us to be unified, right? It's a whole different ballgame. Um, and I think that obviously the spirit of offense is working hard to create that division and keep us from being peacemakers like Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just keeping the peace, but making the peace. It's a whole different ballgame. So if you're like me, and we'll wrap this episode up, it won't be very long. The next several won't be pretty short. If you're like me and you're constantly offended, well, the division that you don't like is actually happening because of you. And what we should be pursuing is unity because godliness and unity go hand in hand. 
you cannot be godly without pursuing and fighting for unity because the Godhead is perfect unity and we are made in his image and being formed and transformed every day, right? To Mm -hmm. be more and more like Christ, to be more and more like God who is perfect unity with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we, we, godliness and, and unity have to go hand in hand. So in other words, the spirit of offense causes division. That never goes towards you and I being godly, ever. That's right. But unity does. So if, if for anything else, your own mental peace, whatever it is, but for anything else, um, we got to get rid of the spirit of offense or we're not going to be godly. And I want to be godly. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I do too. My goal, Strap Steph, at the end of the day, like me and Valerie talk about this all the time, the goal at the end of the day is to be able to lay my head down on my pillow at night, ask forgiveness for the things I did wrong, and be able to say, you know, God, I tried my best to be as godly as I could be today. You know, like like no matter what was thrown my way, no matter what people said about me, no matter what somebody did, I'm trying to be godly. You know what I mean? That's like a I, good point. I yeah. want to be godly. You know what I mean? There's this drive inside, like the spirit inside of me wants Adam Cook to be godly. And you cannot be godly and walk around with the spirit of fence. That's what I have been fighting on in my own life for a while now. You know, it didn't come clear until Valerie brought it up um, and then had to clarify over the course of a couple of years. But I've realized that if I'm constantly offended, I am not becoming godly, right? Because godliness is unity and offense is, is, is division. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I want to be godly. so. Me too. That's all I got. I'm offended. <laughs> this was hard to hear. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, I got some stuff to work on. And it's like, you, it's like you're aware of it. But then when you hear it that way, you're like, oh, okay. So this might be why this is happening at this place. Or, yeah, and I'm it, glad you know, to hear it, though, I and, guess. And obviously all <laughs> responsibility is not on you. Yeah. But there are things you can control. And, you know. And it reminds you of the scripture that talks about this. Like, as far as it depends on you, right? Yeah, that's as true. As far yeah. as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know, like, do everything you can do. That's yet another scripture that's just fighting for unity. Let Do all that you can do not to be living offended by somebody else or offending them, right? Try your yeah. best, as far as it depends on you, to not let the division happen. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. And if it's going to happen, if it's going to happen, it doesn't need to happen because of us. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's got to change or stop. You know, you a lot of things could be changed in families. You know, you hear about, like, family curses and, um, you know, how you know how things like this go. Like, alcoholism runs in a family. Abuse mm-hmm. runs in a family. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when it stops with somebody in the family, it's because somebody has decided, you know what, I'm not going to let this continue on in me. You know? And we got to do the same thing with the spirit of offense. That's true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We got to do the same thing. So I, I'm I'm horrible at this. I really am. I'm, I'm trying to be better. I really I, I really want to be. You know, and I really want to fight for unity and not and not be so. I don't know. Being being offended, it, it just is not fun. No, it it hurts, and also on top of that, it's like you're overthinking, overthinking. It's like a broken record. Just keep Constant. going, going, going. It's not fun. It is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's all we got. Next week, we're going to walk into another thing that uh, the spirit of offense does. 
Um, and there's a couple more of these that are not very fun. And then we'll get to the last episode where we talk about how to dismantle this thing, how to, how to fight it. So, yeah. And I invite you, if you felt a little stung by this as well, a little offended, yeah. I invite you to pray about it. Cause I know I am tonight. <laughs> yep. Pray about it. God wants you to be like him. Mm-hmm. So the spirit is going to help you fight for unity, be a peacemaker. Right, you can't do it on your own, but you can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's you know, right. We did a whole series on the fact that on this on this podcast that you can think like Jesus thinks, not just in a, I'm going to decide to do it, but because the same Spirit that lives in Jesus lives in you. Right? That's a great so reminder. You can mm-hmm. think like Jesus. So when you go, I can't be a peacemaker like Jesus. Yes, you can, because the same Spirit that lives in Jesus lives inside of you. You know, but the first thing you got to do is decide I'm not going to keep living in the spirit of offense. That's right. Because um, that's it's all the enemy. Every bit of it's the end of me. So that's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.